So it's Friday night. You're tuned in to Louie Live. I'm your host, Louie, and we are definitely live. And we're going to start the show off today with a song by The Fix. It's oldie but a goodie, and it's called Stand or Fall. And as always, we have one rule. You're going to need a good stereo to listen to my show, and you might want to tune it up right about now.
right, and that was The Fix with a song called Stand or Fall. It's something you probably haven't heard on the radio in about 30 years. <laughs> That's one thing I like about being on the radio is you can play whatever you want. And we're a non-profit organization, so there's definitely no commercials. I get tired of driving around in my car and a commercial comes on and most of the commercials are for car dealers and some of them are really pesty and annoying so you change the channel and the same exact commercial is on another channel should be laws against that shouldn't there that's a real turn off to me I mean I will not come into your business and give you my money if I have to listen to your commercial on every channel at the same time. So just a piece of advice for you people out there in the business world. Don't turn off your customers. All right, so my show is live every Friday from 6 to 8. It's music and talk radio. I read things that we see on social media and the news and whatnot. I give my opinion on things. This isn't a news agency. Most places nowadays that call themselves news agencies, they definitely are not. A lot of these people, they create fake news articles. And a lot of times they put these news articles out on a Friday afternoon. So they put it into your head. And people go around talking about what they heard on the news over the course of the weekend. And then when people do fact checking, they find out that the story is just a total lie. So then they put the pressure on the news agency. And a lot of times it's CNN, NBC, MSNBC, and come Monday morning, they have to walk it back. They give a short little apology pertaining to the fact that they didn't check the facts. And their apology means nothing because their intent was to put a lie into your heads Friday afternoon and give you the chance to spread it around over the weekend. And by the time they walk it back and apologize on a Monday, for instance, it's usually like very early in the morning and nobody hears it, or late in the evening when everybody's gone to bed. So you don't never realize that they put out a story that was total BS, and they had to apologize for it. You miss all of that part. And it's all done intentionally. But my show is what I see on the news and social media. I don't read it verbatim. I kind of ad-lib a little bit, give my opinion, pick out the good parts of it. I don't go into a lot of details. That's not what people do when they're sitting around a table 
having a conversation, maybe have or a cup of coffee or maybe a beer or something, right? Like Elizabeth Warren. Remember that article she released to the news where she's in her kitchen. She says, I think I'll have a beer. <laughs> I can almost guarantee you folks that she's not a beer drinker. But she's trying to portray herself to be one. She's probably more of a whiskey type of person, or I would probably assume more vodka. She's probably a person that drinks a lot of vodka. She seems a little off the wall. Speaking of uh, politicians, we've all seen how Congressman from Maryland, Elijah Cummings, passed away the other day. 68 years old. They're pretty vague about it. They said it was due to heart complications. They said he had been sick for a while and no one had seen him at the White House or out in public for the last two or three weeks. They were trying to uh, push it off as he was taking some vacation time, is from what I understand. Like I said, it's Pretty vague. Nobody's really talking about it. But he wasn't on vacation. Apparently he was in the hospital. He had some type of heart surgery. It didn't go over too good. And he passed away. God bless his soul. 68 years old. He's pretty much known for being a civil rights advocate throughout the 60s, marched in the civil rights marches alongside of Martin Luther King. Never heard many bad things about him, mostly good things. One thing I'm just curious about though is uh, he sat on some committees and some of these committees are overseeing the impeachment of President Donald Trump. And recently, from an article that I've seen, it was a subpoena for Rudy Giuliani to be hauled in front of Congress to answer some questions. And the subpoena was signed by Congressman Elijah Cummings. Now, I'm just kind of wondering, maybe some of you are too, did Elijah Cummings actually sign these subpoenas? Was he too ill? Was he in the hospital intensive care? Maybe he was even in a coma? But these subpoenas were signed very recently. And supposedly, Elijah Cummings wasn't doing well. But was he well enough to sign subpoenas? We don't know. Maybe there should be an investigation into that. Because it would be a terrible thing if somebody forged his signatures on these subpoenas for Rudy Giuliani. So, 
having said all that, like I said, from what I always knew, he was a good person. He was from Maryland. He was a representative. It's been on the news recently that Maryland is pretty run down in certain places, especially in Baltimore. And a lot of people living in poverty. A lot of black people, especially from Elijah Cummings district. Hopefully now they'll have somebody take his position in Congress who will actually spend more time back in Maryland and cleaning it up and maybe creating some more jobs. Hopefully so, right? So where do we go from there? Maybe we'll uh, talk about the nor'easter that we had here just the other day. It says a powerful nor'easter caused flash floods, property damage, and knocked out power to thousands across the region. Down power line in Grafton, New Hampshire got especially hit hard. As of Thursday evening, there were about 5,000 outages across the state of Vermont. The hardest hit areas were in the south, including Rutland, Windsor, Windham, and Bennington counties. That happens about this time every year. My neighbors have some flowers on the side of their house. They look like yellow daisies. They're about four to five feet tall. They're one of the last flowers that bloom in the season besides the chamomile daisies we have in our backyard, right? But every year, these yellow daisies start blooming. And I know that when I look over to my neighbor's yard and I see the last one die and it's gone, I know that within days, the rain's going to come in, and the wind is going to start howling, and the leaves are going to start getting ripped right off the trees. It's just nature's way of telling us that summer's over. I can tell you, these flowers, they're never wrong. These yellow daisies, I don't know what they are. It's basically what they are, but they're about four feet tall. But people start talking about climate change, carbon footprints, depleting the ozone, the end of the world. You know, we've been hearing all of this every time there's a Democrat out there with a hair across their butt. <laughs> Excuse my language, right? I don't know. Maybe it's a good way for them to raise money. People are always donating to climate change. Everybody fears the end of the world. Well, folks, this planet's been here for about six billion years. People have come and gone numerous times. Dinosaurs have come and gone. God only knows what was here before the dinosaurs and the cavemen. Could have been space aliens living here. There's evidence of that, too. Archaeologists are digging up things all the time. 
a lot of stuff is swept under the rug. They don't really want us to know what's been going on with the planet Earth for the last six billion years. But you can guarantee that we're not going to be here forever. And God only knows what's going to come after us. So, every year, the seasons change in Vermont. We have two of them. Basically, summer and winter. And winter is way too long, way too dark. Every year, like I said, when these flowers are gone, the rains come in, the wind howls, rips all the leaves off of the trees, and that's it, summer's over. But you have people, climate activists, they're protesting at the Vermont State House. They're gonna be there till Saturday, they say. And it says, climate activists gathered on a state house lawn in Montpelier Thursday, demanding Vermont lawmakers take action on climate change. They're demanding. So it says, numerous tents were set up for the Extinction Rebellion, Climate Encampment. I wonder who thought of that title, huh? This all follows the Climate Week of Action where we saw protests take to the streets in Vermont and across the globe. And about 30 protesters urged lawmakers to reduce carbon emissions to net zero by 2025 and demanded state and local government across the country work to inform people about climate change. It says, we really need to pay attention to our humanity moving forward. I think there's a real lack of that in the government. And there's a big focus on money and material in all of this building stuff, said Lila Marco, a member of the Youth Action Alliance. So the protesters said their numbers were down because of the cold and the rain, but they remained optimistic about the protest. Well, they're all about global warming. But yet, we have a nor'easter the other day, and they're saying their numbers are down because of the cold and the rain but they remained optimistic. Well, you know, folks, I don't think these people are optimistic at all. They're all gloom and doom. You know, you have Alexandria Cortez, a.k.a. AOC. She's going around telling people that we're at a precipice. We must make a change. The world is going to end in 12 years years, right? It's one of the most idiotic things I've ever heard in my life. But what's even dumber than that is all of these other Democrats are jumping on her bandwagon. This is a woman, a young woman, who used to be a taco waitress, slinging tacos, right? So they get her to run for Congress only about 15,000 people voted. From what I hear, she was unopposed. So she was basically a shoe in And now she's a congresswoman. 
And all of these people on the Democratic ticket, this is the really amazing part, folks. A lot of these politicians are rich people that are bored. A lot of them are lawyers from Ivy League colleges such as Harvard, Princeton, Yale, right? Ivy League lawyer politicians, rich, bored, Ivy League lawyer politicians on the Democrat ticket. And now they're all jumping on her bandwagon. And this is a young woman who was slinging tacos at her last job. Can you imagine that? This is definitely not the Democrat Party of John F. Kennedy and the days of Camelot. We can all agree on that. This is total lunacy. This is socialism and communism run amok. This is a lot of people out there who have given on hope, right? They've given up. The American dream used to be you could start a job at the bottom and work your way to the top. You didn't need a college education. You started at the bottom and you worked your way to the top. And that way, when you got to the top, you deserved to be there because you learned everything about that company. If anybody called in sick, you could take their position because you were all cross-trained. That's what you call teamwork, folks. But something changed. You know, people started going to college more. They're getting degrees. They walk up to your company, knock on a door. Like, hey, I'm here. I need a job. And you need to start me off at, uh, let's say, 60000 No, no, 80000 a year. No, let's, let's make it $100,000 a year. All right, well, start me off at $100,000 a year. And a lot of these businesses are subsidized to hire different minorities. So the person interview says, okay, you got the job. Go sit in that cubicle over there and wait for the next meeting. We'll tell you what to do. Because a lot of these jobs nowadays, folks, are about meetings. People sit around thinking of meetings to create. And they go to the meetings and they discuss other meetings. And then they go home and they plan meetings. A lot of people sit in their cubicles all day. They're on social media such as Facebook. They're watching YouTube videos. This explains to you why. You see these videos of a little girl singing Mommy Shark Doo Doo, Daddy Shark Doo Doo, and it's received a billion hits. Why is that? Because a lot of people at their jobs have nothing to do but sit in their cubicle all day on social media and watching YouTube videos. You'll see some of the craziest videos. It could be an aquarium and somebody is videotaping 
a goldfish swimming around. And you look down, and this video has received 85 million views. Definitely because somebody is sitting in their cubicle, totally bored out of their mind, waiting to go to a meeting. That's where the country's gone wrong, folks. And a lot of people nowadays, they don't believe in the slogan, start at the bottom, work your way to the top. They don't believe in the American dream. What they do believe in, though, is that if for some reason you did not go to college and get a degree, they don't care what your reason is. Some people think that everybody, regardless of your life circumstances, should have been able to go to college and get a degree. And if you didn't, this is what they believe in now, folks. They believe that if for some reason you do not go to college and get yourself a degree, then you deserve to live a life of poverty. Right? That's exactly what a lot of people believe in nowadays, folks. And you go to a lot of these states like California, you'll see that some people... They don't want to actually work a nine-to-five job. So they buy real estate. And they buy a lot of it. And they will raise up the rents. So you cannot afford the rents. And if you can't, then you can go live out in the street. We see a lot of that throughout this country, folks. And I hate to say it, but it's mostly in states that are controlled by the Democrats. You see a lot of that in New York, a lot of it in California, you see a lot of it in Vermont. But the thing about it in Vermont, folks, you don't really see it here in the city of Burlington because a lot of homeless people are living out in the woods. Because Vermont, we have plenty of woods. Probably 90% of the state of Vermont is still covered in trees. Our population is only about 650,000 people. Getting back to these climate activists, talking about the carbon footprint, the state of Vermont isn't big enough to have a carbon footprint. You know, what these people want to do is charge us about a dollar a gallon for gasoline and home heating oils in the name of carbon footprints. But what these people do, folks, these business people who get these tax credits for carbon footprints, they sell them to big business for a lot of money because they're not required to use them in a small state like Vermont. But they'll sell them to businesses in other states. And people are paying a dollar more a gallon for gasoline and home heating oil 
And we live in a state where for many days in the wintertime, January and February, it could be 30 degrees below zero. Day after day after day for weeks. People have been known to literally freeze to death because they can't afford to heat their homes. But you have to ask yourself, do these politicians care? Like Bernie Sanders or Patrick Leahy? You know, these guys fly around in jets. You know, I've sat right here and I've read articles saying that Bernie Sanders travels around and he's spending like $300,000 a month on private jets. Can you imagine the carbon footprint that his jets are creating to go to these meetings and tell people that we have to reduce the carbon footprint? Well, this phony baloney's flying around on a jet and a private one at that. They don't pay for that. You know, Senator Leahy flies around on a jet. These guys have limousines. They have chauffeurs, right? They don't pay for gasoline. They don't pay for anything. So regardless of what the price of gasoline could become, or home heating oil, or jet fuel for their private jets, they don't care because it's not coming out of their pockets. And even if it did, they would just go get some money. So let's say Joe Biden and his son Hunter, for instance, go get a billion and a half dollars from China or the Ukraine or any other countries that they were blackmailing and shaking down, right? These folks, these people, they don't care about money. They don't pay any bills. These climate activists, no, God only knows how some of them got to the state house in Vermont to pitch their tents for their Extinction Rebellion climate encampment. They might have flown here, might have driven their cars. Some of them might have electric cars. But you have to charge those electric cars, folks. And a lot of electricity is created in larger states, mostly by coal-powered electric-producing plants. We have one right down here off of the Belt Line in Burlington. They produce electricity by burning trees. Yes, they do. Cut down trees, chop them up into pellets and whatnot, burn them, to produce electricity so you can charge your electric vehicle. I'm sure you're feeling good about that, right? You know, you're talking about 
carbon footprint. You know, don't the trees eat carbon and then they put out oxygen for us to breathe? If we're going to survive, folks, we need carbon to keep the trees alive. And in return, the trees put out oxygen and people stay alive. So you cannot get rid of all of the carbon in the air. You know, have you ever been to a greenhouse? You go inside of a greenhouse and they have these machines that create carbon for the plants to eat. And the plants give off oxygen. To them it's waste. Carbon to us is waste, but the plants need it to survive. going to go to a song now come back we'll talk about some other issues like uh, higher ground where they're uh, trying to renovate the old Burton warehouse to have concerts there we'll come back in a minute and we'll discuss that we're going to go to a song by one of the best bands in the world ACDC and this song is called Hell's Bells and as I said, the name of the show is Louie Live, and I'm your host, Louie, and we are definitely live. And I hope you're enjoying the show so far, and you are definitely going to need to turn this song up.
that was ACDC with a song called Hell's Bells. One of the best bands there ever was. I think we all agreed on that. Definitely a good way to start your Friday night. Hopefully you're all out of work and on the way home or you're already home and you're showered and ready to go out and get something to eat. Maybe go out and have a drink or two, do a little dancing. It's always fun, isn't it? Get out and enjoy life. That's what I say. Do everything in moderation, but make sure you do enough things to make your life exciting and worthwhile. So, going to go right back here to climate change, the carbon footprint, electric cars and electric bicycles, just for a second before we switch gears. This is what it all leads to. This is how these electric bikes are dangerous because they can make you go off the deep end. Next thing you know, you start robbing banks. Right here. The city of Chula Vista officially launched Lime Electric Scooters last Sunday. Just one day later, police say a bank robber used one of the scooters to make his getaway. See, there you go. The FBI said a male suspect robbed a Chase Bank branch in Chula Vista on October 14th. Witnesses told police the man escaped on a Lime scooter. The suspect, also wanted by the FBI in connection with the robbery of a U.S. bank branch in South San Diego in early October. Believing it's the same person. Police said in both cases, the suspect splashed a gun and got away with an undisclosed amount of cash. No one was hurt during either robbery. The suspect was last seen wearing a fedora, dark sunglasses, and a scarf around his neck. So you see that, folks? These scooters and electric bikes will put you over the edge. They started renting these out in Chula Vista, California on a Sunday. And the very next day, this guy's using one to rob a bank. Whatever happened to driving an Oldsmobile, right? I used to have a nice Oldsmobile when I was younger. 1968 Olds Cutlass with a 350 rocket engine. That was quite a car. So, and as I was saying before the song, another community meeting to discuss higher ground relocation. It says there will be another meeting to talk about putting a music venue near Burlington neighborhoods on Thursday evening, which was last night. The Burton Warehouse in Burlington that Higher Ground hopes to move into. Higher Ground is looking to take over Burton Warehouse building in Burlington South End Arts District. It's an arts district, folks. Nothing going on there at nighttime. There's no houses around. Says the big concerns from the last meeting had to do with noise and traffic, and we're told 
one compromise was made that no one could tailgate outside of the building. No tailgate. That's how bad Vermont is, folks. This is one of the reasons why nobody wants to move here. Because number one, there's not really anything to do besides go out hiking in the woods. And now, because of all of these flying syringes, which I call mosquitoes, biting people with diseases, and then they bite you, and you've got those diseases, it's just common sense because mosquitoes are basically flying syringes. That's why people don't want to come here because there's nothing to do but hike. And that gets boring after a while. Or on weekends you could say, what are we going to do? We'll go take a ride in the car. All right, so you take a ride down towards Middlebury. Or you take a ride up towards Barrie. Or you take a ride out towards Heinsberg. But that's basically pretty much what there is to do, folks, in Vermont. You can flip a coin. You say, okay, today we're going to go walk around Home Depot for a couple hours. That'll kill some time. Or tomorrow, we'll go walk around Costco. But it's dangerous walking around Costco because you could just walk in the door to get some batteries. Next thing you know, you've got a cartload of junk that you don't really need, and you're out hundreds of dollars. Could you imagine when they turn on those gas pumps that they built? They built gas pumps down to Costco, and the price is going to be cheap. But you have to be a member to go there, I believe. I don't think it's going to be just open to the public. But Skip LaValle, that owns a lot of the gas stations throughout Vermont, mostly the Maplefield Farms gas stations, convenience stores. And from what I know, he's basically the only one that's fighting these gas pumps from being turned on at Costco's. Because then that way he won't have the monopoly on gouging people at the pump. There's a handful of people that own the state of Vermont, folks. It's just like when you turn on the news. WCAX used to be privately owned. I believe it still is. Red Martin was the founder of WCAX. Marcellus Parsons was pretty much always their lead anchor man. And I even had discussions with them in the past saying how you guys only report what you want people to know in the state of Vermont. Now that's all you see everywhere. You turned on the news and most of it's liberal. It's all one-sided. Like I said, they'll tell you a story Friday night, which is a total lie. And then people go around having conversations spreading that lie. And then Monday morning they'll say, hey, we did some fact checking. This story was a complete lie. So then the news agencies such as CNN will have to walk it back and give a short little apology that means nothing 
like I say, they'll do that early Monday morning or late Monday evening, and nobody will really hear it. So they won't know the story they heard Friday night was a complete lie. And it's all done intentionally. And that's how it goes everywhere nowadays. But like I said, Vermont is a place where there's not much to do. And now they're even saying that a lot of the athletes don't want to go out in the evening and play football, for instance, because of the mosquitoes. This article right here says the second person in New Hampshire this year tested positive for Jamestown Canyon virus, whatever that is. says New Hampshire's Department of Health and Human Services say an adult from Laconia has tested positive for a mosquito-borne virus. The department said Wednesday the adult tested positive for Jamestown Canyon virus transmitted by infected mosquitoes. It's the second time a case had been identified in the state this year. It was identified in a Kingston resident in August. Reports of Jamestown Canyon virus in humans are rare, but have increased over the last several years. This is New Hampshire's eighth case since the state first reported of the disease in 2013. Well, I'm sure there's a lot more cases than this, folks, but people don't actually know what they have. They don't realize that they have the Jamestown Canyon virus because some people don't go to the doctors. They just figure they have flu-like symptoms. I've got the flu. They stay home. They take Tylenol, drink a lot of fluids, gets a lot of rest, hoping it goes away. Or a lot of people go to the doctors, and doctors, they say the same thing every day. They say, oh, what you have must be viral. You're just going to have to go home and let it work its way out of you. And uh, take a lot of Tylenol, drink a lot of fluids, and get a lot of rest. And wait for it to work its way out of you. Anybody could be a doctor nowadays, folks. Pretty much every diagnosis that they make, they say that you have something that's viral and it's going to have to work its way out. But doesn't stop them from charging your insurance company, does it? The department says most illnesses caused by the virus have been mild but moderate to severe central nervous system involvement has been reported, including fatal infections. And when you read articles like that, people are afraid to go outdoors in the evening when mosquitoes come out. But there's been a lot of rain this past summer, and the mosquitoes are out 24-7. I've actually, and this is no lie, walked out my front door to take out a bag of garbage to the front of the house by the garage and be pulling mosquitoes off of my arms, literally. That's how thick they are at times. 
some people be concerned, oh my God, I might have some type of disease now. Better not go out and take out the garbage anymore. Might have to put on one of those suits there, like <laughs> like when you go to tend the beehives, right? Those big suits with a hat you pull on with a screen face and all that. People do get scared, that's for sure. Where do you go from that, huh? This is a crazy article right here. Panera worker was fired for revealing the secret of their macaroni and cheese. Can you imagine that? It says, not many people can say they were fired over mac and cheese. But a staffer at Panera Bread was fired after a video showing how the chain's mac and cheese is prepared. When a young employee dished too much information about one of Panera Bread's most popular dishes, she lost her job. An employee posted a video to TikTok showing how the chain's popular mac and cheese gets made, coming frozen in a bag, and then dropped in hot water to thaw it out. Like the stuff you buy in a grocery store and you bring it home and you put it in your freezer. Those prepared meals, right? Some people compared it to glorified hospital food or even military MREs. Meals that are ready to eat. Realizing she stepped in a gooey mess. Pun intended, right? <laughs> the employee tried to make amends. She said, that does not mean that they're not good. She said in a follow-up video. She said, I will eat our mac and cheese to this day. And by the next video, you could see she was clearly upset. She said, I like my job, she said. I'm really not trying to get fired. And she said, I'm sorry. And she was fired. No sympathy from Panera's because she released a video showing that their mac and cheese is frozen and they put it in a pot of hot water. I guess they want you to think that their food is all freshly made. But it's not. Apparently it's not, right? But you know, folks, I've eaten at Panera a couple times, and I'm not really crazy about their food. So, it's too bad for this young girl. Lost her job working at Panera. But you know something, kid? It's not the end of the world. And you're young... And you're probably going to get a lot of jobs like that until you go out and get yourself a college education because that's what it's about, folks. Nowadays, people think if you don't get a college education, then your destiny is going to be working a lot of jobs like Panera's, maybe delivering pizza, things like that, right? Manual labor. A lot of people, they don't like manual labor. They think it's beneath them. But you know, they'll sit in their cubicle all day, staring at a screen eating junk food. It's not really their fault, it's just how it is. You know, you're sitting in a cubicle all day, behind a desk, 
you're slumped over, your posture's bad, you're staring at a computer screen, that's enough to put you to sleep. So, you know, you've got yourself a big gulp, Coca-Cola or something, fountain drink. You've got yourself a bag of nachos. Those are good. They're also addictive as hell. <laughs> Especially those four cheese nachos. Very addictive. And you're sitting at the desk. Next thing you know, you weigh 500 pounds. No, I'm just kidding. Maybe 300. But that's why they have gym memberships. Get you out behind that desk. I know what it's like, folks. I've had jobs sitting at computers all day long. Sitting there drinking a big soda, eating a bag of four cheese nachos. And then you get up from behind that desk and you go out and get yourself a job doing some manual labor. You start losing some of that weight. You know your lungs are working good. You can breathe. Doesn't hurt when you bend over to tie your shoes. It's all good. It's what happens with the human body. If you don't use it, it'll fall apart. And that's what's wrong with our society too. A lot of people eat junk food. But you know, a lot of people going back to these diets like the keto diet. That's a popular one right now, the keto diet. That's where you eat mostly a lot of protein, which is beef and chicken. And you're eating a lot of potatoes, you know, in moderation, though, because they have a lot of starch. And then you're eating a lot of vegetables. Getting that junk food out of your diet is basically what you're doing. And if you're going to the gym, you're going to be burning off some calories. That's the whole secret, folks. You have to burn off more calories than you take in. They say the average person should eat about 2,000 calories a day, but you know, you can eat about 1,200 calories and survive pretty good, and you're going to burn off a lot of weight. So we're going to go to a song here, and then we'll start the second half of our show. All right, so we're going to start the second hour of our show. As I said, we're on every Friday, 6 to 8 p.m. It's a live music and talk show. Discuss whatever we see on social media or on the news. Some things are pretty crazy out there, folks. This article, everybody knows, it says... Are social media companies using your phone to spy on you? Well, they most definitely are. We all know this for a fact. It says, uh, many people believe social media companies are spying on our conversations and targeting ads based on what we say out loud. But is it really happening? A British security company is trying to get to the bottom of it. Yvette Shapiro was recently on a family vacation in Virginia I said to my husband, our phone is listening to us, she said. They were discussing how comfortable their mattress was. Shapiro said soon after, ads for mattresses appeared on her Facebook feed. We all know that for a fact. I've been on eBay a lot of times shopping around. And within seconds, 
I've got ads on my Facebook wall showing the exact item that I was looking at on eBay. Not similar items, the exact item. Saying, would you like to look at this again? Maybe put on a bid. So, you know, Facebook and eBay are definitely working together, in my opinion. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg shot down the suggestion when he testified before Congress last year. During the hearing, Senator Gary Peters, a Democrat from Michigan, asked Mark Zuckerberg, yes or no, does Facebook use audio obtained from mobile devices to enrich personal information about its users? No, Mark Zuckerberg replied. The advertising algorithms can figure out exactly through the searches that we do that we're interested in, and then the target those adverts to us, Turvey said. Researchers at Northeastern University in Boston studied 17,000 Android apps last year. They found there was no evidence of conversations being spied on but a handful of apps were taking screenshots of what people were doing. Hmm. Can't trust anything nowadays, folks. But you know, people read these articles and they don't really care anymore. And there's all these little games that they play on Facebook and whatnot. And it says right there, if you want to use their app they're going to have access to all of your information. And people are like, that's okay, but I just want to play Candy Crush. And they hit okay, and bang, they're playing Candy Crush, and all of a sudden, they're gathering all of the information off you, and they're selling it to advertisers, and all of a sudden, you're getting all these ads on your Facebook wall about the items that you just viewed on eBay, as a, for instance, in my circumstance. Remember the time when George W. Bush was the president of the United States and he found out that the leading terrorist of the world, Osama bin Laden, who, by the way, we have absolutely no proof to this day that he was killed by SEAL 16 under the direct orders of Obama when he was a president, and buried at sea. We have absolutely no proof of that to this day, folks. Right? But as I was saying, remember when George W. Bush was a president, and he found out that this leading terrorist of the world, Osama bin Laden, had written a book. I don't know if he really wrote it. Maybe he did the ghostwriting. Somebody wrote it. But it was in our libraries here in the United States of America. And George W. Bush just wanted to know who was checking this book out of the libraries. And all of a sudden there was an uproar from the public. How dare George W. Bush want to know what I'm reading in the library? Well, hello. The guy's the leading terrorist of the world, Osama bin Laden. He shouldn't even have any books in our libraries to begin with. People were outraged. They were like, 
It's none of George W. Bush's business or anybody's business what I'm reading in the library. But now, not so many years later, people have their iPhones spying on them, gathering information on them, and nobody cares. Funny how time can change things. And it hasn't been that long either, folks. There's no privacy anymore. Everybody's out there spying on you, gathering information on you, trying to sell you things that you don't need, you know, getting you to extend your credit, living on more credit, becoming more dependent on the government. That's what socialism's all about. Being dependent on the government. Sitting there taking handouts. Instead of going out and getting what you want by earning the money on your own and getting it, people just want it given to them. People were talking with presidential candidate Bernie Sanders about socialism and how people over in Venezuela, for instance, are waiting in bread lines. And he said, bread lines are a good thing. Can you imagine that, folks? Having government take control of your life, sending you a check in the mail, welfare check, putting you on Medicare, making you stand in line for a loaf of bread. That's total BS, folks. That's not what this country's about at all. A lot of people want to come to the United States of America, the greatest country in the world, so they can achieve their dreams, to live a better life, to hand that better life down to their children. That's one of the main things that this country is about, folks. Teaching your children well. Passing down your morals and your values to your children. So that we will continue to be the greatest country in the world. But every one of the presidential candidates on the Democratic ticket... They don't see that as the American dream anymore. What they see is dropping the borders, flooding the country with people from around the world that we know absolutely nothing about. That's a very dangerous thing. If we allow that to happen, folks, there will be no more United States of America. You won't even recognize the United States if that happens. People don't realize, like I said, I discussed this to a certain length last week, but when Bill Clinton and his administration, and there was people on both sides, Republicans and Democrats voted on creating NAFTA, which sucked all of the jobs out of the United States, mostly manufacturing jobs. They all left. 
and all these factories closed up. And a lot of people went on unemployment and welfare. And when all that runs out, they put you on disability. Because the jobs are gone. And that's where the government takes control of your life and socialism spreads. And you're handing, you're standing there in a bread line waiting for a loaf of bread. And Bernie Sanders says, this is good. This is what the Democrats want for the United States. But like I said, you don't realize that since NAFTA was created and we lost all of these jobs and they went overseas to some of the biggest populations in the world, China and India, where people work for slave wages. They have child labor making a lot of our products. They're not getting vacations and benefits and whatnot, folks. So these countries like China and India, they're sitting on trillions of dollars in profit from the years of taking our jobs. And if you go to California, like I said, you can see it everywhere. If you go to like Irvine, California, there's a lot of Chinese people that are rich coming to America. And they did an article about this on 60 Minutes. And like I tell people, don't take my word for it. You can go to their archives and probably research it and watch that episode. But it said that 66% of the Chinese people that come to the United States have a PhD. And you can make some big money in the United States with a PhD, folks. And a lot of these people are coming to the United States. And if you go to like Irvine, California in particular, you're going to see that Chinese people are building multi-million dollar houses. And they're paying cash. Cash from years of gathering money from all the jobs that they've taken from the United States of America since NAFTA was created. They're building these multi-million dollar houses and they're paying cash and these houses are sitting there empty. And when they build so many houses in your neighborhood, folks, what happens? They come along and they reassess the properties. This is happening throughout Vermont right now. In Burlington, they're going to be reassessing the properties. But if they build all of these multi-million dollar houses in your neighborhood, what happens is you get a letter in the mail saying how now your property is worth a lot more. Now you have two choices. Either you can try to sell your home for what they say your property is appraised at. Realistically, you might have to do a lot of upgrading to your home before you can sell it for that price because they have all of these new multi-million dollar houses in your neighborhood that make your house look not so good. 
So you might have to spend a lot of money to upgrade your home to try and sell it for what it's appraised at. Because number two, you might not afford to be able to live there anymore because your property has been reappraised and your taxes have definitely just gone up. So because of these Chinese coming into your neighborhood and building multi-million dollar houses and paying cash and they're just sitting there empty because they don't care because they've got a lot of money to spend now that they've been taking our jobs for decades since NAFTA was created. So what you're going to have to do then is just move out of your neighborhood. That's why you're seeing a lot of people living in the streets out in California, folks. Because the rents, they have no rent control. And the prices just go up to whatever they feel like raising them to. You're at the mercy of these landlords. But now they're trying to pass rent control in California. They're saying how they want to only be able to raise your rent 7% a year plus the cost of inflation, which God only knows what that is, especially in California. But like I say, folks, if you drop the borders in the United States, if any one of these Democrats get into office and they drop the borders, there could be a lot of rich people from around the world, from like China, for instance, India, the two largest populated countries in the world. I mean, let's say India and China, 20 million people from each country came to the United States, which is absolutely nothing to countries like China and India, 20 million from each country. If 40 million people came to the United States and started building multi-million dollar homes in your neighborhood, paying cash, what would you do? All of a sudden your property values have been reassessed and raised, your taxes are raised, a lot of people in this country are living paycheck to paycheck, folks, realistically. What's going to happen is, all of a sudden, you can't afford to live in your house anymore. And guess what? There's not enough people to buy your home at that price. But like I say, these people come here and build multi-million dollar houses, pay cash, and they sit there empty. Because they don't care. They're just looking for an investment. And California is one of the best pieces of property we have in the United States of America. So a lot of people would be forced right out of the state of California. That's very realistic, folks. You don't have to go to war with countries to take control of them. There's many ways to invade countries. You can do it such as buying up a lot of property and forcing the residents there out. Many ways to do it.
Hopefully this rent control thing in California kicks in and sticks. 7% increase is a lot still, plus the cost of inflation. That's still very high. One thing you're noticing, you go on the internet, you can go to like, let's say, apartmentfinders.com. And what all of these landlords across the United States are doing is they're getting in cahoots together and they're saying, okay, one square foot of rental space is, let's say, for instance, $2.50 a square foot. So if you're looking at an apartment that is, say, let's say a one-bedroom place that's, say, 900 square feet. And nowadays, that's a pretty big apartment as far as things go. A lot of one-bedroom apartments are like, let's say, uh, 450 square feet, 600 square feet, 750 square feet. 900 square feet is about as big as you're going to see. But let's say you've got a 900-square-foot apartment at $2.50 per foot. That's what your rent is going to be every month. And these landlords are working in conjunction with one another to spread that across the United States. So no matter where you're going, you know whether it's Vermont, California, New York, or Ohio, Florida, you're going to be paying $2.50 a square foot to rent an apartment. And that is not a good thing. <laughs> People are going to put them all cells right out of the apartment, folks. We're all going to be living in the streets with the rats and the diseases and the druggies. and It's not good. We all have to get out there and vote. And as we've seen, you can't trust the Democrats anymore. The Democratic Party has turned socialist slash communist. It's not good. It's no longer the party of John F. Kennedy and the days of Camelot. John F. Kennedy used to say, ask not what your country can do for you but ask what you can do for your country. The mentality is totally reversed, folks. Now it's like everybody wants welfare. They want free room and board. They want free education. Well, if you get free education, what good is that going to do you if you just want to sit home on welfare all day, right? It's not good. Let's go to a song here, and this is by The Outfield, and it's called Your Love. And once again, you're tuned in to Louie Live, and I'm your host, Louie, and we are definitely live, and I hope you're all enjoying the show so far. Go to my Facebook group called Louie Live and ask to join it, and I encourage all musicians out there to join because it's a good place to showcase your music. And if you ever want to come on the show, play some of your music. We've had a lot of people here in the past, and I welcome everyone to do that too. Just make sure that when you do come on, you got to be singing the clean version of your song, right? Because the FCC out there is listening, folks. 
they don't like it when you use the F-bomb. And here we go with a song by the outfield called Your Love.
right, that was Outfield with a song called Your Love. I like playing these older songs that you don't hear on the radio hardly anymore. You can call these stations and say, hey, how do we don't play that song? They say, because uh, we don't get paid to play that song. And they say, if we got paid to play that song, then we would play it. That's how it is, folks. So, if you're wondering what you could be doing with yourself, this is an interesting article right here. It says, uh, Rage Yoga. Let's participants yell, cuss, and point their middle fingers. You imagine that, folks? They got hot yoga. They got goat yoga. And now they have rage yoga. So it says, yoga traditionally focuses on deep breathing, meditation, and gentle flows between posing to bring tranquility and peace, which is why the latest adaptation seems a little weird. Can't be any weirder than goat yoga, can it? Right, where you're doing yoga and some goat's climbing all over your back and chewing on your clothes and stuff. It says, this is rage yoga and is not the place to come for dim lights and soft music. It's yoga with an attitude. Basically, said Amanda Kaufman, who is an instructor. And instead of calming your mind, Kaufman says, the goal is to force everything out and it's going to be loud. I would think so, right? Rage yoga. I've never done rage yoga before. I had recently seen something online about it, and then I saw it. It was available here, so I just jumped on the opportunity, said Hillary Lupino. While participants are welcome to pair their poses with pints in this freedom to release anger that draws many to this class. The idea of also kind of incorporating the stress release of like yelling and screaming or flipping somebody off, you know what I mean, Lupino said. So I guess there's a lot of satisfaction out of yelling and screaming and flipping people off, in her opinion. Said, we will be listening to loud music, explicit music, Kaufman said. We will be cussing, using profanity, yelling, screaming, just letting all the negativity energy out. And that's the goal. She said it's not all that unusual for Kaufman, who regularly practices yoga at home, to loud metal music. That's just what I enjoy. So when I saw the teacher training program for Ray Yoga, it spoke to me, Kaufman said. Lapino said she feels stressed and burnt out often, so this class felt like a good solution for her. Well, a lot of people carry a lot of stress inside of them, and you know, as far as listening to loud music, I do that a lot myself. There's only one way to listen to music, in my opinion, really, and that's loud. I mean, if you're here in the station with me when I'm playing music, the walls are pretty much bouncing. Yeah, we've got a good stereo for that. Like I said, if you're going to listen to my show, the main rule is you've got to have a loud stereo. And it's more about clarity than it is loudness. Music does relieve a lot of your stress.
anger, anxiety, depression, all that good stuff. So does and a little alcohol once in a while too, right? <laughs> in moderation though, right? It's always the word, folks. Moderation. This article right here is totally different. Now, elderly Florida woman accused of hitting her boyfriend with a metal detector for watching pornography. <laughs> you know, this is going to be an interesting article, right? It says, deputies could see bloody scratches all over the arm of a 70-year-old man when they responded to a domestic disturbance last Sunday night. He told them that Jane Gatello, his 77-year-old girlfriend, attacked him, and he claimed it wasn't the first time. According to an arrest report reviewed by the Miami Herald, the couple had gotten into an argument Friday night after Gatello said she caught him watching pornography. Deputies said the man claimed he was only watching a show on Cinemax that just happened to feature a topless woman. Even so, he said the distinction didn't matter to his significant other. The man said she left a mark on him after hitting him on the head with a metal detector. It's a good thing she didn't kill him, huh? <laughs> Investigators found no signs of trauma on the man's head, but they did see a metal detector propped up next to the entertainment console in his home. Gatello admitted to arguing with her sweetie about watching porn, but she denies hitting him with a metal detector, the arrest of port stated. She said she may have accidentally tapped him with it, but didn't hurt him. She believes she was only doing God's work. Still, they arrested Gatello, all the same, for battery on a person over 65 and took her to the Land Lakes Detention Center without bond. <laughs> so the guy's watching a movie on Cinemax and there is a topless woman in the movie and she kind of went off the deep edge and hit him over the head with a metal detector. First she said she didn't do it. And then she said she might have just bumped him with it. I don't know, folks, 77-year-old man, even if he was <laughs> watching a movie on Cinemax, which featured a topless woman, I mean, he's a 77-year-old man, right? Who knows? Maybe it might have put a little love into the atmosphere. Gone out on a date night and enjoyed themselves. Might have spiced up their love life a little bit, wouldn't you think? Then you go to this guy right here. Man stops train robbery on the way to Chicago Marathon, and he still runs in the race. You think you're having a weird day, huh? This guy here, a, marathon, a marathoner, jumped in action when he said he saw a man with a gun threatening other passengers on a train. When Gene... Paul 
Lapierre, 54, said he watched a man robbing other passengers. He didn't want to sit by and do nothing. It started when the train had stopped and riders rushed for the doors. He said, this doesn't seem the right way. He says, nope, there's a guy on a train with a gun walking around right now robbing people. So that kind of made me mad, Lapierre said. And that's why Lapierre said he got back on the train and confronted the man entirely on his own. He grabs the gun out of the man's hands and asks for help from the other passengers to put the safety lock on it. He said, I'm a boxer. I'll break your head in one punch. And he can be heard telling the man, I can hit you seven times in three seconds. <laughs> well, that's pretty good, seven times in three seconds, would you say? So LaPierre said that man had friends on the train, but he didn't waver. They started threatening me, but I stood stern face, and the guy kept saying, it's just a gun, let me go, let me go. I kept telling him, you're not going anywhere, LaPierre said. And then he held on to the man until the police arrived. And then once LaPierre was off the train, he ran the Chicago Marathon. You imagine that, folks? A fellow runner on the train said she was threatened moments earlier and recorded the encounter between LaPierre and the robbery suspect. She was thankful he was there and said he didn't hesitate to step in. She said that everyone else just sat there frozen. And that's how our society has become, folks. We're a pacifist society where people can just yell at you and intimidate you and bully you. And our government is a perfect example of that. And so isn't the evil media. You know, President Donald Trump and his wife Melania, regardless of your political standing, you have to admit, these are the two most bullied people in the history of the United States of America. And we tell our children to be kind to one another. Ellen DeGeneres just said this all last week. She says every day on her show when she leaves, be kind to one another. And then there is a Dallas Cowboys football game. And they pointed the camera up to a private box. And Ellen DeGeneres was sitting there and on her right shoulder, practically touching her, was George W. Bush and his wife. Now, we all know that whenever there is a Democrat in the president's office, such as George W. Bush, the Democrats said every single day that they were out to impeach him. But they didn't have any dirt on George W. Bush. Dan Rather, who was the lead anchorman on CBS Nightly News, created a bunch of false stories about George W. Bush. And he got fired for it. And so did a lot of his production crew. They got fired for creating lies 
total lies about George W. Bush when he was a president. And they all got fired for it. And Dan Rather's career went down in flames. And it's still that way to this very day. Before Donald Trump became president of the United States, the media was out to get him. The entire Democrat Party is out to get him to this very day, three years later. They've had four separate investigations. They spent tens of millions of dollars. They've gone through millions of documents. They've subpoenaed and questioned hundreds of people. And they have absolutely no dirt on Donald Trump. And now they've launched impeachment procedures and everything is being conducted behind closed doors and the Democrats aren't allowing anybody into these meetings. No Republicans, no reporters. This is like something you would see in Russia. Isn't it? Regardless of who you are, you have to agree that all of these closed door meetings, they're all very secretive. Nobody knows what's going on. But the Democrats are hell-bent on impeaching Donald Trump. And it's never going to happen. It's just a distraction. It's just to get people in this country to be further divided. It's just another way of spreading hatred throughout the world. And as I said, regardless of who you are, whether you like Donald Trump, you have to agree he's the most bullied person in the history of the United States. We teach our children to be kind to one another. Ellen DeGeneres says it every day, be kind to one another. After it was seen, her sitting next to George W. Bush at the Cowboys football game, a lot of people started going against her. They're like, how dare you, Ellen, sit with George W. Bush? We spent eight years trying to impeach him when he was a president. We tried to get him prosecuted as a warmonger. We tried to get him prosecuted as being a war criminal. Right here in the state of Vermont, folks, people used to stand at the top of Church Street every single day protesting until George W. Bush walked out of office. They wanted him impeached. They wanted to try him as a war criminal. Now they're doing the same thing to President Donald Trump. We all have to agree on that regardless of your political standing. You know, as far as his wife, Melania Trump, seems like a very nice person. I don't know why anybody would hate her like they do. There's no reason to. Somebody once said that when children are in school, you have bullies. And as these bullies grow up and they go out into the world, 
You can't just really be shoving people around and fighting people and stealing their lunch money and stuff like that because you're an adult now. So what do they do? This person said that bullies like that get involved in politics. And this person said politics is a substitute for violence. I couldn't believe this person was saying this when I saw them say it on television in an interview in front of all the cameras in the world. This person said that bullies graduate from school and you can't just really go to work and bully people and stuff. It's not acceptable. So what they do is they get involved in politics and they bully people. And this person said that politics is a substitute for violence. That was one of the most profound things and the most realistic things that I've ever heard. And I couldn't believe who was saying it. Do you know who, was say, who said that? I'll tell you. It was Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi said that in an interview and it was probably, I don't know, even how far back it was, maybe like when George Bush was the president. I believe it was. Nancy Pelosi said that politics is a substitute for violence. And we're seeing that today. These bullies graduated from school. They got involved in politics. A lot of them are on the Democrat Party. And they bully the president every time there's a Republican in office. That's a God's honest truth right there, folks. I'm sure it's got to be in somebody's archive somewheres. I don't know who was interviewing it. I don't recall. Might have been on 60 Minutes. Might have been on Dateline 2020, one of those shows. It's not a good thing, though. So where do we go from there? We have about 10 minutes left on the show. Where do we go? Let's go with... uh, right here in Vermont. Like I was saying, if one of these uh, Democrats becomes president, they all agree they want to drop the borders. They want to tax us 80% of our income. They want to take away the First and the Second Amendment, our right to free speech, and our right to own a gun. They also believe that the Constitution isn't appropriate for the 21st century in the year 2019. So they all agree that they want to rip up the Constitution. They basically all want to destroy the United States of America. But you know, President Trump has the money to build a wall on the southern border. A lot of them still are coming across the northern border from Canada which you don't really hear about on the news much. But 
President Trump and his administration are creating guidelines. But people like the Vermont Attorney General, T.J. Donovan, doesn't believe in those guidelines. He's an anti-Trumper, and I believe that he's dangerous to the security of the United States of America. And it says, Vermont's Attorney General says, people trying to escape to our country shouldn't be turned away. And if they come here properly, they won't be turned away. He fails to say that. T.J. Donovan is joining several attorney generals in challenging a rule that prevents most Central American migrants from seeking asylum in the United States. And it says, under the rule, people who travel through another country to get to the U.S. wouldn't be granted asylum unless they could prove they were denied asylum in at least one of the countries they pass through. Well, that just makes sense, doesn't it? It makes total sense. According to T.J. Donovan, asylum seekers would have to live in potentially unsafe areas and encourage risky journeys trying to come into the U.S. undetected. Well, basically... He's really talking down other countries besides the United States. It says that if you come through another country such as Mexico, you have to seek asylum there first. And most naturally you would because, according to him, you're escaping from a country which isn't safe. All right, so let's say you get out of your country. So now you're safe. You're safer. You're in Mexico now. Or you're in Canada. You're definitely safer in your opinion than where you came from. Which we don't know because we don't know what your situation was there. So you're out of your country. Now you're feeling safer. You're in Canada. Canada is a civilized country, right? You could apply for asylum there. And a lot of people do. And you don't have to come into the United States through Canada and apply for asylum. What people don't realize is if you look at the map, you will see that many countries are much bigger than the United States of America. Russia is much bigger. China is much bigger. India is much bigger, right? If you took, let's say, 30 million people from each one of those countries, that's 90 million people. And if they just walked into the United States seeking asylum that would really do a number on the United States of America don't you think if all of a sudden 90 million people walked onto our property 
and uh, they don't have any jobs or anything, right? So we got to give them welfare. We got to give them housing. Got to give them food, medical, dental. What's that going to do to our economy? It's going to pretty much wipe it out, isn't it? So that doesn't make any sense. Because like I said, the United States is small compared to these other countries. And a lot of these other countries, they're not taking in asylum seekers. They're not taking in refugees. If you go to California, for instance, you're looking for an apartment. They don't even have waiting lists anymore. There's so many people in California, regardless of where you go, that have their name on the waiting list to get into an apartment. The lists are so long, folks, that they shut the list off. You can no longer put your name on a waiting list in California to get an apartment. So can you imagine if we dropped the borders and just let anyone come in the United States. There'd be so many people living in the streets. A lot of people from these countries that want to come here, they live in the streets where they come from now. So to them, it's just another day. But at least they're going to be in the United States where they're going to get free welfare. That's not fair at all to the taxpayers here that have been paying into the systems all of their life. It's not fair to have somebody walk right across the border and all of a sudden they get Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, they're getting housing, they're getting it all. And from the reports I reread, they get more than the average American. And that's not right either, folks. So what are you gonna do? Just make sure that you do get out there to vote. And you can vote for Republicans because they want to keep America the great country that it is. Do you imagine the United States if 90 million people walked across our border right now, it would be insane. Where would they live? I mean, the economy's booming right now. Unemployment is the lowest it's been in like the last 50 years or so. Unemployment in Vermont right now, folks, is about 2% or even lower. Can you imagine that? The lowest it's ever been. And they give no credit to President Trump and his administration. No credit whatsoever. Even Obama said that he would need a magic wand to create jobs because they're never coming back and we should get used to a flat GDP. But having said all of that, folks, I'm going to get going. And my good friend Jerome P. Alimony is going to be taking over for the next two hours. And I encourage you to stick around and listen in to him. And 
I'm going to leave you with a song by the Beatles. This is called Money. That's what I want. Y'all be kind to one another. Have a good weekend. Bye.